You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Win with Dogs is brought to you by Dog.com. For everything and anything dog, shop Dog.com today for all the top brands. Greenies, Frontline, Kong, Nylabone, Royal Canin, and more. Shop at Dog.com and use the promo code SADWIN, S-A-D-W-Y-N-N, and get $15 off your order of $75 or more. Got questions about your hound's health? Need the facts on Fido's fitness or food? You want to unleash your pup's potential? Well, you've come to the right place because it's time to win with dogs. Here, we learn how easy it is to naturally improve the lives of our furry friends. So sit, stay, and get ready to win with dogs. With me, Raquel Wynn. Hello, hello listeners. Welcome to Pet Life Radio and Win With Dogs. I'm your host, Raquel. Thanks for joining us today. Today, my guest is Dr. Al Townsend. I'm super, super stoked about this one. As all you listeners know, one of my passions is dog health and nutrition. Any of you who have my book would know about my obsession with exercise and nutrition for dogs. Dr. Al is with us today. He's practiced veterinary care for over 30 years and has his own practice up in Maryland. He is a graduate of University of Georgia. Go Southerners. Yay, South. Yay, South. Dr. Al also believes in superior nutrition and exercise. He's done tons of work with the Iditarod dogs, which talk about some extreme athletes. Those dogs are. So I'm real excited to get some of his perspective on how to have a happy, healthy pup and what kinds of foods and exercise to interject into your pet's life. So stay tuned. We will be right back to talk with Dr. Al Townsend. Don't go away. Hey, don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back to Win With Dogs right after this quick water break. from experience feels like home for her enter the code win 10 w y n n the number 10 and get 10 percent off any order no minimum at petco.com ftd's network of over 40,000 florists around the world have been creating beautiful handcrafted arrangements for 100 years Each arrangement is delivered the same day and backed by FTD's seven-day satisfaction guarantee. For a century, people have trusted their most important occasions to the flower experts at FTD. Since Pet Life Radio is all about puppy dogs and flowers, our listeners, that's you, can get a 20% discount on your order. Go to florop.com and use the code WIN1234 at checkout. F-L-E-U-R-O-P.com, code word W-Y-N-N-1234. 
like your business to reach out and invite in our audience. We have a brand new trademark concept called InfoSeeds. InfoSeeds are short 20-second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit PetLifeRadio.com. Click on Sponsorship Information. There you can listen to a sample of InfoSeed or email us at PetLifeRadio.com. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are available. This year, Americans are expected to spend a jaw-dropping $36 billion on their pets. From lighted leashes to high-end spa products, the discriminating pet owner can find just about anything to pamper his or her pet. Hi, this is Michelle Fern. Join me every week for Best Bets for Pets, where we'll talk about the latest pet products and talk to the companies that make them. Best Bets for Pets, every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks for hanging around. We're back to Win With Dogs with me, Raquel Wynn, on Pet Life Radio. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for being with us again. Dr. Al Townsend is our guest. Dr. Al, how are you today? Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Raquel. I'm really happy to be here. It's always a pleasure to talk about nutrition and exercise and how important they are for our pets. Absolutely. Let's just jump right into it. You've been a vet for many years, and I'm sure you've seen the changing tides of our perspectives on what animals need to be healthy. Um, Right now in today's environment, there is a huge focus on pet nutrition and pet exercise, just like there is with the humans. And I have often talked with owners about nutrition. It seems to me that they don't really understand A, what they're feeding their dogs, or B, what they need to feed their dogs. And one of my problems, and I don't know if you agree with me, but I'd love to hear your opinion on feeding dogs just straight on-the-shelf kibble that is kind of, you know, able to live on the shelf for many, many, many years, full of preservatives, etc. This can't be good. Am I right? Well, I think consumers today, or as we call them, pet parents today, Yes are a bit more knowledgeable than they have been in the past about good nutrition, not only for their pets but for themselves. Uh, it seems as though many consumers are really doing some homework about uh, the benefits of good natural nutrition, and, and that would be nutrition that's uh, n- naturally preserved, not chemically preserved, has right. as, as few uh, synthetic ingredients in it as possible, uh, looking for natural benefits uh, beyond beyond basic nutrition, uh, we call those uh, holistic benefits or or benefits that go beyond providing basic protein, fats, and carbohydrates, and uh, benefits the whole body by increasing the immune system, enhancing the immune system, uh, and also uh, protecting the body and providing optimum digestion and, and uh, health for the animal. I, uh, yes. I think consumers are looking for those. And, and as a result, the pet, the pet industry or the pet food industry has really begun to make better products than we have in the past. 
I agree. I know that one of your favorite foods is Eagle Pack, and there's a holistic kind of branch of that food also for pets that are not extreme athletes like your Iditarod dogs. And I wonder if people are just wanting to make a change in their dog's diet, let's just start by having them look on their own shelves. What are some ingredients that they do not want to see in their pet foods? And in many common pet foods that I won't mention any names, but some that claim to be you know, some that are in your veterinarian's office actually are not the best sometimes. So are there any things that they should look out for and maybe not want to see in their food ingredients? Well, it is very confusing to consumers because there are so many pet foods out there today. And, mm-hmm. of course, each pet food company is marketing and advertising their products and professing the benefits of those products. So it is very, very confusing. I think today you'll find that the fastest growing part of the pet food industry is that natural or holistic segment. And those foods contain lots and lots of really great things. They're bioavailable nutrients is what you're saying. Which means that when your dog eats them, listeners, that they are available, they're living nutrients that can keep your dog's body in a natural state of healing, which we know most bodies tend to heal. We're trying to kind of prevent the breakdown phase that all bodies hit as they age. So, Dr. Al, I believe you're talking about holistic benefits for prolonging what we call the anabolic state of the body, the body Mm -hmm. state where it continues to heal and produce healthy cells. So going for more of a holistic pet food, even, you know, if people want to cook for their own pets, which I do dehydrated fruits and vegetables and organic meats, I feed those to my dogs, but I know that I have to supplement some of that with some vitamins and nutrients. One of my favorite things for dogs is, and tell me what you think about this list. I think dogs need to be on good omegas just like humans, mm-hmm. probiotics for good digestive health, mm-hmm. a multivitamin, and a good strong antioxidant, either through vegetables and fruits or getting just an antioxidant formula in a vitamin form. And these are all available to our pets now, aren't they not? Yes, as a matter of fact, we have all of those in our foods. <laughs> That's fabulous. And so your foods have all of the magic four, as I call it. <laughs> mm-hmm. The magic four available. So if your dog is, let's say, experiencing ear problems and allergies and, you know, gaining weight and lethargy, these could be simple nutritional lackings in the diet, right? They can be lackings, but they can also be require specific diets for things like allergies. Uh, Yeah. You know, if your dog is allergic to chicken, you wouldn't want to feed a diet that had chicken in it. And how would you find out what your dog is allergic to? Just by process of elimination, I guess? <laughs> Trial well, and error? True. There's, there's really no specific test for allergies that works well for animals. And so most nutritionists would agree that it's trial and error. It's trying a single protein diet that the dog has not been exposed to before or, or in, the near, in the near past. Uh, so, so if the dog you suspect, or if the dog is eating a diet with chicken in it, you would want to try a diet that didn't have that. That would have a protein in it, like fish or lamb, or or duck, uh, as a single protein source. And so just that's, feed that's that. That's very important with allergies. 
yeah, feed that to them for a while and just see how it goes, I guess. Oftentimes can take up to two months for those bad allergens to get out of the system. So you have to feed those diets a little longer than you would think. There are also problems with what we call food intolerances, too. And, and that's not quite an allergy, but it is, a, it is a sensitivity to certain ingredients. Usually the chemical ingredients in the foods, chemical preservatives, things like that, artificial flavors and, and colors. And so those should also be avoided. They, they can cause some serious digestive symptoms as well. Yeah. I know my little Bichon has some strong allergies, and it affects him a couple of different ways. Either one, his teeth start being extremely, you know, bad breath, etc. Or he gets this pink little pig skin. <laughs> he turns into Mr. Piggy. <laughs> well, that certainly is a, is a predominant symptom with food allergies in dogs. Is but this... also can be environmental allergies, too. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So you're big on nutrition, and you work a lot. You've done tons of work with the Iditarod dogs, which is fascinating to me because you talk about, like, Iron Man extreme athletes, these dogs are burning tons of calories and they're in freezing cold weather, which ups their metabolism even more. So if your dog, let's say, is an extreme exerciser, the weather plays an impact on what types of nutrition they would need, I would think. I don't really know much about that. If you have a strong athletic dog in in the warm climates, they have different nutritional requirements than dogs in the cold, I would think. Well, it takes it takes additional calories to to stay warm, and that's uh, that's something that uh, in the cold in cold climates or, or wintertime, you really need to pay attention to. Most animals do need additional calories, even if they're inside dogs and just go out to exercise. Uh, they still need a bit of extra calories in the wintertime in order to maintain their uh, their weight. Yeah, definitely. That's really important. What about the Iditarod dogs? How many, what does their typical training consist of? I mean, they're doing miles a day, aren't they? Well, the the Iditarod is going on right now. Uh, Actually, I just returned from the race. I wasn't able to go out on the trail this year as a veterinarian, but uh, I I did go up for the start of the race, and they will burn anywhere from 10 to 12,000 calories a day. Oh, man. For those of you listening and have clocked your caloric count on, let's say, the treadmill, <laughs> 10 to 12,000 calories, we're talking about, oh, 15 hours on the treadmill, <laughs> well, nonstop. If you, if you equate that to a human in um, a 150-pound human, these dogs only weigh about 55 to 60 pounds. You equate that to a 150-pound human, that person would have to eat 50 Big Macs a day. Oh, my God. In order, in order to get that kind of calorie. So it is a challenge to get that many calories down the dog uh, during the day. That's, the mushers will feed the dogs 8 to 10 times a day, uh, just snacking and, and feeding highly high energy, lots of fat, uh, because fats contain lots of really good calories for these dogs in order to maintain their weight and, and allow them to travel the 100 or so miles a day that they, they need to travel wow. in order to do this race. That's amazing. And so you're talking about good fats, the good, good quality fats. We have a kind of a, I think, misperception 
on fats in our diet just because we don't know the difference between good and bad fat. But fat is actually needed for burning, for, you know, maintaining our metabolic system and bad fats are not needed at all. So we can get good fats from just proteins and not butter, (laughs) animal fat, I assume you're talking about, good animal fats. Right. Cool. Dogs, Dogs are carnivores, basically. And they do best when their calories come from protein and fat as opposed to carbohydrates. And so, you know, when you're looking for a diet that is is optimum for an active dog, you really want to look for a, a protein-based diet. You want to look for proteins or meats as the first ingredients in the foods and not carbohydrates, not grains. Grains right. are not bad if they're used in the proper amounts, but you wouldn't want them to be one of the first ingredients in the diet because first ingredients are the predominant ingredients in the, in the diet as they're listed on the ingredient panel. And carbs, when we eat them, create an insulin response in the body and it just, you know, totally shoots up the dog's insulin, which creates all kinds of triggers to store fat instead of burning fat. So sometimes if you have an overweight dog, I think the heavy, heavy carb foods just contribute to that inability to lose weight for sure. I think, though, talking about carbs, you've got the whole grain carbs, brown rice, uh, corn, etc., all that stuff. But then you have complex carbs like vegetables and fruits that I think are way more easily digested by a dog and definitely beneficial because of the vitamin content, too. So is there a difference between those kind of carbs? I always thought there was, but I'm not well, sure. You're, you know, there are so many advantages to fruits and vegetables for dogs, antioxidants, vitamins, minerals, uh, all kinds of, of really great things in, in fruits and vegetables, which we, we think should be in a, in a dog's diet. Carbohydrates are something that, that is a benefit to an animal. It's just a matter of how many you give or how much you give. And you really want most of the calories to come from protein and fat, not carbohydrates. Rice and uh, corn and those, if they're prepared properly and used in the proper amounts, they really do work well uh, for an animal. You just don't want to use too much of those. Yeah, because I know a lot of dogs are corn insensitive. You know, there's all kinds of allergies that pop up there. So you would definitely not be an advocate for a vegetarian diet for a dog, I'm assuming. No, that's correct. Uh, A vegetarian diet would be predominantly carbohydrates, obviously. And Mm -hmm. athletic dogs, working dogs do not do well. That's one big difference between humans and dogs is that Humans can can load up on carbohydrates or they can load up on protein and fat and do really well. Marathoners can do really well. Dogs do not do well trying to load them up on carbohydrates. They, as you mentioned with the insulin problems, they they will crash and burn pretty quickly. Yeah. So, so it it really is important to use carbohydrates, but just not a lot in in an athletic active dog's uh, uh, diet. I agree with you, and I like your well-roundedness and balanced approach. You're saying, you know, use a little bit of everything. I also know, talking about food trends, 
there's a group of people that are vegetarian, pushing the vegetarian diet. There's groups of people that are pushing just the straight protein only diet. And I don't think I agree with that either. I think balance is the key, getting everything from all groups, protein, fat. You're exactly right. I I think that it's it's important to have a well-rounded, balanced diet that meets the life stage of the animal, the activity level, the time of the year, uh, and actually the breed type of the animal as well. There's a huge difference between the Yorkshire Terrier's nutritional needs and a, and a Great Dane, especially puppies. So it's yeah. really important to have a specific diet that addresses life stage and breed type as well as all these other things that I just mentioned. Yeah, so if people are really interested in making a change with their dog's nutrition and checking it out, one site that you all can go to is, and um, some of the food that Dr. Al recommends is www.eaglepack.com, and there are many different products for cats and dogs on that website. I also like a food called Sojos, S-O-J-O-S, which is the dehydrated fruits and vegetables. You do have to add your own meat to that, which may be a little bit more involved than people want to be. Also, Dr. Al has a blog post on Zootoo.com. If you ever want to go to an awesome, another awesome pet site, Zootoo is, is a great, great site to check. But Dr. Al, I want to talk a little bit more. Let's take a quick break. I want to talk a little bit more about exercise and some of the things you've seen in your practice in terms of injury prevention, etc. So please don't go away. And listeners, don't you go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Hey, don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back to Win With Dogs right after this quick water break. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash win, W-Y-N-N, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. There's a movement afoot, ShoeBuy.com. Join the millions of people who shop ShoeBuy.com's over 400 brands and 500,000 products. Order now and get free shipping and free return shipping. ShoeBuy.com, the world's greatest shoe store. Walk your dog in style and comfort. Enter the code WIN, W-Y-N-N, at checkout and get a 10% discount plus free shipping at ShoeBuy.com. How would you like your business to reach out and invite in our audience? We have a brand new trademark concept called Info Seeds. Info Seeds are short 20-second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service. Is the best, most cost-effective way to invite us in. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit the website. PetLifeRadio.com Click on Sponsorship Information. There you can listen to a sample of Info Seed. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are available. 
Pets can be a wonderful addition to your life because they're a member of the family. Keeping them healthy and happy is important. Pet Life Radio presents The Pet Doctor with veterinary media consultant and veterinarian Dr. Bernadine Cruz. Whether you have a dog, cat, reptile, or rabbit, you'll find answers for your pets straight from the vets. The Pet Doctor, on demand every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. PetLifeRadio.com Thanks for hanging around. We're back to Win With Dogs with me, Raquel Wynn, on Pet Life Radio. We are back again with Dr. Al Townsend. Thank you, thank you for listening. We've been talking about just the benefits of feeding your dogs the right thing and how extremely important that is to longevity in your dog. Which leads me to my next grouping, my next subject matter, and that is how to keep your dog healthy and injury-free, just like us, Dr. Al. They get body breakdown. They have knee injuries. They have shoulder injuries. They just get creaky when they're moving around. What is the one? I've always say movement is how the body heals and keeping the dog moving. The best ways to get your dog, if your dog does not want to move, into the exercise mode. We have lots of couch canines out there. <laughs> I think it's important to start early when yeah. the dog is a puppy. Yeah. And for the pet parent to actually get in the habit of providing not only optimum nutrition, but regular exercise. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's essential in a long hap- and happy life for, uh, for a pet. Conditioning is really important. Um, Going back just a little bit is, I think, good genetics is important. Yeah. We, we want to make sure that our dog is not likely to have any uh, issues like hip dysplasia, elbow dysplasia. So looking into an animal's pedigree, if possible, uh, looking for um, a good, healthy gene, uh, gene pool is really important. And then start early with, uh, with a pup and exercise because conditioning, strengthening muscles, toning muscles, uh, building muscles is really, really important in, in a, a safe uh, time for the animal, an animal that would be less likely to, to have a knee injury or an elbow injury um, if, if they're conditioned really well. I agree because that just strengthens all the ligaments, all of the muscles. It keeps the fascial layer hydrated. All these things are important to prevent body breakdown. And I'm thinking, you know, I have three dogs in our house and we have a large fenced in backyard. And I know that a lot of people say, well, my dogs play with each other. They run around the backyard. They're playing. They're playing. Does this equal exercise in your mind? just running around, or do you think devoted time needs to be set aside for that intent of, I'm going to exercise with my animal? Many times, going in the backyard is just going in and laying down underneath the tree, <laughs> kind of watching the world go by. Yes, and you've seen my backyard. <laughs> so I think, it's, I think it's important that uh, we stimulate exercise. If, if you have a dog that enjoys retrieving a ball, or going swimming, or even just yeah. taking a walk. I think yeah. it's really better exercise than walking away from them in the backyard. It's important I agree. 
and and you know it's important to the bond that we have with our pets too that we do that together yes. we walk or we we chase the ball we throw the ball all those things in, increases or improves that relationship and tightens that relationship that we have with our pets they they look forward to those times when they're out there with their their owner and able to do things together and explore new environments by taking a walk. So I think exercise is really important not only for the pet but for the pet parent as well. Yes. Uh, we, we now know that um, probably there are just as high a percentage of overweight animals as there are people in the United States. Yeah. And predominantly that's caused by lack of exercise. So. Having a dog is a really, really good way to to have your own exercise and help prevent uh, medical issues, condition yourself as well as your pet. And just but, get in the habit. I agree. I think some of our pets obviously are taking on the bad habits of their parents, you know, definitely. And having – it's interesting. I work with a lot of animals dogs primarily and their parents and it's really interesting to bring up the overweight topic <laughs> with with and I'm sure as a vet you you know what I'm talking about that's kind of a little bit of shaky ground to say to a pet parent your dog is overweight and what are you doing about it you know they definitely I think get defensive right off the bat I definitely think that is true but they also those pet parents that have animals, if we can have some accountability with those animals and start an exercise program ourselves, that's perfect. That is perfect. And we all know dogs love to be involved in our lives. That's right, Dr. Al. That's why they need that bond with you doing these activities. And intention is so important. Setting your intention of, I am going out with my dog. We are exercising. Don't we feel good? Our bodies are healing and moving, etc. How much exercise do you think you need to have a day or a week? How consistent should a animal and his parent be? I think that depends on, on the animal and, mm-hmm. uh, and on the pet parent as well. Uh, if, if you have a really active Jack Russell Terrier, uh, mm-hmm. they may need a little bit more exercise than uh, an older uh, Cocker Spaniel. Yeah, uh, <laughs> good choice. <laughs> the, the metabolic rate is a little bit different, and uh, so it it really varies. I think it I think it should be a good workout, and yeah. that can be that can be twenty minutes, a half hour, or it might be an hour a day. The most important thing is it should be on a regular basis. Regular, consistent basis, and you just want to do enough where you see your dog panting. That's how you know it's a good. Right. Workout. You know, you don't want the tongue hanging to the ground because that means he's probably dehydrated and overheated. But a good, nice little pant, I think, is indicative of a good workout, wouldn't you say? Yes, and, and to that point, if the animal is overweight or pretty much a couch potato now and you decide, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change that, I'm going to get the weight off, I'm going to increase exercise, you want to do that very slowly. Yes. Uh, that animal may not be in very good condition and especially in the summertime, could really be vulnerable to getting overheated. Yes. You really want to start out slowly, but as the animal improves and conditioning gets better, I would extend that exercise out a little bit longer so that it is an actual uh, workout, a good workout for the animal. 
Right. So basically, we want all you listeners, we want to periodize their exercise program just like you would not go to the gym or maybe you do go to the gym and work out really hard. You know the next day, if you haven't done it for a while, you are hurting, you're aching, your muscles are sore. So that will happen to your dogs. I call it the weekend warrior syndrome. We don't, we don't want full-on like retrieving the ball for two hours on a Saturday and do nothing else the rest of the week because that is actually more detrimental, I think, than beneficial in terms of breakdown. Yes, that's that's why it should be on a regular basis. Totally agree. We see problems with uh, sometimes with hunting dogs that uh, maybe hunt on weekends with with the owner and then all of a sudden the owner decides to take a week's vacation and go to South Dakota and go hunting every day for most of the day and and usually after that first day the dog is not conditioned well enough and and Mm -hmm. really sore and and maybe unable to to really work out the next day because it's so sore so it is important to to condition the animal to the to the uh, physical activity that you're looking forward to yes agreed and also a lot of dogs out there will push through that soreness just to do what they feel like they are supposed to do. And that's when we get, I think, a lot of injuries happening. One thing I actually wanted to ask you about, one of my clients has a bulldog named Rocky. He's a sweetie. And he just had an ACL tear playing in the backyard. And I don't know if you will agree with this, but I don't like cutting on the body. I know that there are acute issues that definitely need remedying. But I advised my client to just wait a little bit and see how the knee was doing. He opted to get surgery right away, which I totally understand. They did a new procedure called tight roping, where I don't really know how to explain that. But the knee got really infected. They had to totally take everything out that they did. So now he's in a process of just letting the knee heal, but still has the ACL tear. My question to you is, You know, we have more than one. We have the MCL, the PCL, the ACL in the knee. What would happen, let's say, how important is it to surgically remedy that? Or is it okay to not do anything and see how that knee heals itself and let the dog, you know, try to work around it? I know sometimes you get ACL repair on one knee, the other knee goes really soon thereafter. So I guess what I'm asking is, how crazy am I to advise <laughs> not getting surgery on that ACL tear? Well, there are all kinds of, there, there are multiple different procedures for repairing an anterior cruciate uh, ligament rupture. Mm-hmm. And it was there, a partial tear, by the way. It was a partial tear. Well, if it's a partial tear, you may want to give it some time. Uh, but generally, those continue to, those will eventually tear. And yeah. you're right that when, when that happens, that it creates... A looseness in the joint, and um, there's a specific test to, that you, that the veterinarian can do on a relaxed knee uh, that will it, it actually just demonstrates the looseness in the in the joint that occurs as a result of that tear, and mm-hmm. over time, that's not going to heal. That ligament is not going to heal, but over time, the problem is arthritis that develops. The problems with surgeries are that arthritis can still develop. Anytime you have joint surgery, there's a real increased risk of, of later in life having some significant arthritis as a result of that. 
So in both cases, whether you have surgery or whether you don't have surgery, the, there is a potential for arthritis. It's been my experience that there's less potential with with the proper surgery procedure okay. on those animals, and that can vary depending on the uh, athletic ability of the animal. If you're talking yeah. about a sled dog or or you're talking about a hunting dog that's really active, there's some really um, detailed procedures that I would recommend if you have uh, an older, uh, overweight animal. Uh, you might not need to do as quite as drastic a surgery. You might be able uh-huh. to do that kind of tightening thing that you described. Uh-huh. Uh, but at the same time, exercise is important, or I guess I should yes. say therapy, physical therapy after the surgery is really, yes. really important. Uh, getting the yeah. animal up and walking and using the leg. If it's overweight, getting weight off the animal. Conditioning those muscles because, you know, we get around not just with the bones in our body and, and the joints, but our muscles have to be in good shape in order to support those bones as well. And those Yeah, so, and thank you for saying that because I know that a lot of people, I work with a lot of animal injury issues. I do that with humans and with dogs and it's really interesting. A lot of times people, let's say a dog has had a knee surgery, I will come in and start gently stretching, flexing, extending the knee, you know, doing light massage on the quad, hamstring, etc. And a lot of times those pet parents will say, oh my God, you can touch his knee. I mean, we haven't even touched that knee. We haven't even dared touch it, which to me is so, that's just terrible because our body is moist heat. And we know that moist heat softens all of that constriction and scar tissueing. Also, so touching is a fabulous way to kind of rehab, gentle touching, slight massage, just getting the blood flow, oxygenation back into that joint. And then also icing, I think, is fabulous for animals. If you can get your animal to let you put a pack of peas on his knee if it's sore, I've seen it is great, but you're right. We have to keep it moving. I mean, now with knee surgeries on humans, they used to have you off your feet forever. Now it's like the next day you're on the bike. You know, we don't want that body to bind and overprotect and overcorrect. Well, that's so, important with animals too, is to get them up and moving as soon as you can. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting. So I guess the takeaway is food is probably top of the list on health like what you put in your dog's body for maintaining health. Exercise, I would say, would be even second beneath that. Would you? I mean, I nutrition equally, to me. I think they're equally important. Um, yeah. You know, we can't, we can't stay healthy without exercise. Right. It doesn't make any difference what we eat. or, or if, if we don't exercise, we're really still going to have potential yep. problems. Muscle and we can't stay conditioned. We yep. have to keep our heart rate up. Uh, you know, we, our heart has to be able to recover from exercise, and that 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 needs conditioning. So, yes, we really, and we really need to do that. We need both. We need both. I love that. And also, remember, when you are exercising humans and your dogs are exercising, you're just increasing your core temperature. You're flushing your system. That is so amazing. Think of when you get sick, your body gets a fever to burn it out. So essentially. By increasing your core temperature, you're inducing like a mini clean-out fever for that 30 minutes. It just like burns out all the impurities. It's fabulous. So 
keep it up. So if Dr. Al, what other sites do you want me to mention for listeners to, I would love to talk more about, I did our odd dogs, but we don't have any more time. Where can some people go besides Eagle Pack and Zoo2? Is there any other sites you want me to include that they can find you and what you're doing? Well, you mentioned our other pet food too. The Eagle Pack product also uh, is is our diets for more active, physically active dogs. But we do make a more holistic diet called Holistic Select. Ooh, that's has, a great food. That's a great one. It has a separate website: www.holisticselect.com. Okay. And. Eagle Pack, the Eagle Pack website as well as the Holistic Select website have clubs, pet clubs, and uh-huh. I would encourage everyone to join those clubs. There are coupons for discounts, and there's also additional information about nutrition, the importance of nutrition and exercise on those websites. Great. That is so fabulous. Thank you. Gosh, time went flying by. I could ask you millions of things. (laughs) Thank you so much for being on Win With Dogs and sharing your knowledge and all of the work you've done as a veterinarian. Thank you. Thank you. You've won the Golden Stethoscope Award, I might add, with your work with the Iditarod Dogs. So I thank you for all your work and thank you for being a guest. It's my pleasure, and I'd love to come back anytime. All right. Exercise and nutrition are my passion with pets. Me too. Yay. Like minds. Awesome. (laughs) Well, thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. If you have any questions, you can email me at Raquel at Pet Life Radio or check out these great websites, www.holisticselect.com or eaglepack.com, zoo2.com to get some of Dr. Al's blogs. And you go win with your dogs. Thank you for listening. Exercise, nutrition, interaction, and love make for one healthy, happy hound. Give yourself the gift of knowledge on demand every week right here at Pet Life Radio with me, Raquel Wynn, and Win with Dogs. 